0: Let me ask you a question. Have you ever been disconnected? Maybe on a phone call. Maybe you were disconnected from the information flow at work. Have you ever been disconnected from your group at school? From your peers? Have you ever been disconnected from your spouse or your kids or your parents? How about church? Have you ever been disconnected at church? I don't know about you, but I can say yes to them all. I have been disconnected. We're starting a series today called Connected. It's our goal here at Church on the Hill to get you connected. Connected to what? That's what I hope to answer. That's what I hope this church body can answer over the next few weeks. Is what should we be connected to? Now, if you're ever going down the road and you've got your cell phone and you lose your cell phone signal, what do you do? Cry Cry after you cry, (laughs) after you fuss, after you throw your phone. What do you do? You move. You move, right? It's foolish to think that the signal is going to improve with you staying right where you are, right? We move around. Have you ever been one of those that are like, wait, wait, there, wait? Because when you lose your signal, something's got to change in order for the signal to improve. If you think your signal's not going, if you think your signal's going to improve without moving, you're foolish, It's like that saying about insanity, if you do the same things over and over and expect a different result, that's the definition of insanity. Something has to change. Even if you're a positive person, well, I'm just believing my signal's going to get better. Even if you pray, God is moved by faith. Faith is a verb. Faith is movement. God is moved when we move according to Him. When we have lost the signal, our part is to move. We have to move. God moved. He has done what he needs to do. Do you know the problem with our signal today is not the provider? Capital P. The problem's not the provider. God, I can't forget Your signal's not strong enough. Can you wind it up just a little bit? I got a bad, dead signal over here. God, shoot the signal over here. God says, oh, no, my signal covers everything. The problem is not with my signal, capital P. It's with the receiver. And do you know what? You've been created to receive. You've got the right antenna. You've got the right equipment. You do not need an upgrade. You were given the right equipment from day one. He made you perfectly Capable of receiving his signal. That's a good word for somebody. You didn't get bought from the store broken. You didn't, have you ever gotten a bad product that just didn't work? I bought a uh, squeeze bottle. Being in the car wash business, you realize on those squeeze bottles, about eight out of, maybe eight out of ten work. Maybe. That's probably pushing it, right? And those are good ones. Those are commercial ones. You go to Dollar General and buy one. I was with Sarah Bett, and we walked across the street and bought a spray bottle, and they were a dollar. And that just made me think, oh, no. Am I going to have to walk back? I don't want to buy two. I want to buy one. Lord, let this one work. But that's not you. It's, it's, not, a, uh, it's not a gamble when, when, when God picks you. It's it's not a gamble. When you were created, God's thinking, man, I hope this is a good one. (laughs) You're, You're a good one. You were made perfectly to communicate with your Father. Perfectly. You were. You were made perfectly to communicate with your Father. So, We've got to move. A lost signal, a bad signal, a broken signal can be corrected, improved, adjusted, made solid. But again, the problem is not the provider. And I hope in this series that you gain some insight. According to the Word of God, as to your connections, good or bad, there are things in your life that you need to be connected to. There are things in your life you need to be disconnected from. And, church, I preach from experience. I have been connected to the wrong things, and I have been disconnected from the right things. Things you should have a better connection to, or maybe a different connection to. And I want you to know in my testimony, my life changed when my connections changed. My life changed when, I, when the Spirit of God spoke into my heart and spoke through a church body member and helped place me into the right place. My life changed in my marriage when I learned I needed to break certain connections and restore some connections and start some new connections in my leadership, in my ability to to be a pastor, I had some broken connections, I had some bad connections, and I had some connections that needed to be improved. And it still, to this day, is going on. That doesn't ever stop. It's easy to get connected to the wrong thing. And we're going to get into that. Today, we're going to start from the beginning, connecting to God. It has to start here. Everything else depends on this connection. Without this connection, the rest of your connections are going to be messed up. Everybody say amen. Amen. It has to start with the Lord. Now I want to ask you something. Have you ever had a conversation with someone that was about to die, someone on their deathbed, and maybe they said, hey, come here, I've got something I want to tell you. Have you ever had that experience? Don't you listen? Don't you think, okay, I need to hear this. Well, what if that was Jesus Christ? What if Jesus said, this is my last word to you? Would you listen? Do you know that Jesus had a last conversation? He had a last moment with his disciples. In John chapter chapter 14, leading up to his death on the cross, He and his disciples were all in the upper room. They were breaking bread. They were having the last supper. They were drinking. They were eating. They were fellowshipping. And then things started to change. Jesus washed their feet. And it shocked them. What are you doing? Why would you wash my feet? But it didn't stop with that. Jesus then said, one of you are going to betray me. Then it didn't stop with that. He told Peter, one that was so close to him, Peter, you're going to deny me three times. It didn't stop there. He finally said, and it's almost time that the world will not see me anymore. Can you imagine the shock the disciples were going through at that meal? Have you ever had a time when someone just said, ding, 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 I have an announcement, and they drop you to the floor? Well, I believe this was one of those where Jesus just started rolling them out this is happening, this is happening, this is happening. And I believe that the disciples' heads were spinning. Well, finally, that conversation ended, and they left the upper room and went outside. It was nighttime. And they walked out into a vineyard. They walked out into a, into a place where grapes had been growing for generations. And Jesus gets in front of the vineyard, and he stops. And he grabs a bunch of grapes. And look what he says. He says, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Jesus goes on to talk about branches and grapes and how the vine dresser cares for the, his vineyard, his prize vineyard. But so many times as Christians, we're left scratching our heads about what Jesus is saying here. So many times in my life, I didn't understand this scripture either, and I'm still trying to understand it. And because I missed it, because I didn't completely connect, I fell out of fellowship with God. I struggled against God. I settled for a spiritual experience characterized by disappointment by doubt, and by even anger sometimes. Looking back, I still think that I was thinking about God who would help me on my own terms. How many times do we box in God to have to respond the way that we think that He should? And He rarely does. His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. I had failed to lean in and to really get close to the vine, to listen, to hear. And remember, we're created to hear. We're created to understand. We're created to get this. We're created to get Jesus' message and to grow. What God wants for me and for you is a full harvest for Him. A full harvest. If you can imagine, a big bunch of grapes. Anybody here like grapes? I love grapes. They are my favorite fruit. Um, During a, a lifestyle change that I've had with food, fruit has had to become my best friend. I didn't used to like fruit. Now I love fruit, and I love getting a bunch of grapes that are big and juicy and just perfect. I don't, I Pete. I hate getting the shriveled up, nasty ones. And I drive down the road. I eat them driving down the road. And sometimes I don't look at them real close. And you get a surprise every now and then. Don't you? Not very good. But the Lord wants you to flourish. He wants you to grow. He expects so much. So much from you. It is our Father's amazing plan to keep His children flourishing. Physically, emotionally, and spiritually. But the key is that we're connected to Him. Everything else in our life will find life, will find growth, will find power if we are connected to Him. If we are not connected to Him, it won't. It will fall incredibly short. Uh, a lifelong verse of mine is Matthew six thirty three: Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added. Get the connection right, the rest will find its way. Why? Because God is on the hook for it. We have now been yoked with Christ. When we yoke ourselves with the Word, when we seek first the Word and His righteousness and follow it, Christ is with us. Christ is enough for me. Everything I need is in Him. Everything I need. The connection has to be with the Lord. Number one. Missing that connections will cause our connections to fall short. Now, if y'all got your Bibles, John chapter 15, verse 1. Let's go back to that. Get your Bibles out if you don't mind. We're going to be here for the next couple weeks. This is just basically an intro and a start to connecting to God. It's going to take me a couple weeks to do this one. I don't want to get in a hurry. I find myself as a pastor wanting to just do one subject each week, but sometimes we just can't do it. Y'all know me. I can never do it. Take some time sometimes to get it, and I don't want to get in a hurry. Your connection to God is too important for us to get in a hurry. It is key, church, to your marriage. Is your marriage fault failing? Connect to God. Is your finances failing? Connect to God. Is your relationship with your children failing? Connect to God. Your job, you name it, connect to God. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. This is key, church. You got your Bibles, let's go. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Verse 3 You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. God is glorified in him blessing you. God is glorified in you producing much fruit. But if you are not connected to the vine, you cannot bear fruit at all. Do you catch this? We're going to spend just a little bit of time here. We're not going to get in a hurry. And you know, Jesus loved to give his message in simple earthly examples. In his his last message before his death, he wanted you to comprehend with your whole being that he has left us on this earth for a compelling reason, and it has everything to do with fruit. You know, you have got to grasp, as we start this series on connected, you've got to grasp the why. Why do I need to be connected? Do you know, if you don't understand the why, you'll get running down the road and you'll stop. You need the why. Why do I need to be connected? Why do I need a new connection in my marriage? Why do I need to be connected differently at work? We're going to see that. Why do I need to be connected to my community? Why? To be honest with you, in my life, if I don't have the why, my ability to follow through fails. Why? Because I need a purpose. I need a reason. I don't like doing things with no purpose. They wind up becoming, in my mind, a waste of time. But you know what? God has given us the why. And we're going to see this. if we don't grasp the why, we don't get the purpose and we'll eventually quit. So, in the metaphor of the vineyard, back to uh, uh, John 15, Jesus introduced a picture to help us understand the role of bearing fruit to God. In the vineyard metaphor, number one, and this is pretty simple, you know this. Jesus is the vine. Now, I hope you can see this. Being from uh, Tennessee, not growing up in wine country, we don't have a great grasp of what a vine really looks like. And here you can see the vine is this part at the bottom. And typically, vine dressers allow the vine to grow to about 36 to 42 inches tall. And then they help the branches to go along the trellis, either to the right or to the left. But you can see, if this part was removed, there would be nothing up here. Now, Jesus is giving us the picture that we, we are not even the fruit. You can look at that and say, well, I'm the grapes. No, you're not the grapes. That part's not you. We like to think it is because it's the good part. It's not. It's what you produce. It's actually what runs through you. And your ability to be connected here will show here. You'll have, a, you'll have a report card. How's your report card? It's report card season, by the way. Anybody? Kids? How'd it go? Good? Good. Could it be better? Yeah, of course it could. You got to be careful when you speak out. It's okay to speak out, but you got to be careful. You don't know who's on the other end. You don't know if he already knows what you're going to be saying. And by the way, when you speak out to God, God already knows. He knows. Father knows. Might as well tell him. He knows. Can you have more? Yes, I can. And, and what's funny is we sometimes think that's our full, that's it. That's all I can do. And God says, oh, no, no, no. No, I can do so much more. So much more than you could think or ask. So much that it's going to want to fall off. It's going to be hanging on by a dear limb and it just can, the branch can barely hold it. That's what I want, God. I want it to, I want it, Lord. So, we look here. And Jesus is the vine, the Father is the vine dresser, and the vine dresser is the keeper of the vineyard either the owner or the person that's been hired to attend it. And it's the, the vine dresser's simple task is to coax from its, his plants the most pounds of grapes possible. It is the vine dresser's responsibility to get the most out of that vine that it can, the most out of that branch that it can. Because more grapes equals a higher yield, right? So, what are we? We are the branches. We are the branches. And in the vineyard, the branches are the focus of the vineyard's effort because they produce the fruit. Now, it's easy to get lost in just thinking about grapes, but think about you. Branches are tied to the trellis or propped up with sticks to let air circulate to get the maximum amount of sunshine and to allow full access for tending. You know, it's put at 36 to 42 inches. It's put along a trellis so that the vine dresser can easily get to it. If it's on the ground, the vine dresser's having to work way too hard. He wants it up here to where he can work with his eyes, work with his hands, be able to see it. And what does he do for those branches? He gets them up out of the dirt. He gets them up into air. He gets them up into sunshine. Many of you today are struggling still with depression. And the Lord wants to get you out of the dark and into the light. Light makes you happy. Light brings happiness. Jesus Christ is the light of the world, and He wants to bring you happiness. The only way that that comes is by you being attached to the vine and allowing the vine dresser to bring you up and hang you up and be beautiful. Be beautiful and produce fruit. That's our part is to allow him to place us where we need to be. I love that role. How many of you have so much pressure on doing the right thing and being at the right place and making the right decisions? The Lord says, hey, I will do that with you. I will help you know right where to go. You're trying to go this way. You're all over the place. You're not, where's the trellis? Where is it? Which way do I go? The Lord says, ooh, here it is. Here it is. Oh, it gets me excited. What about you? A couple of you. That's okay. Jesus is showing his disciples and is wanting to show you a new way of thinking, a new way of looking at things. Jesus wants you to see your perspective from heaven. Heaven's perspective of you. He didn't want to leave you here on earth and leave the disciples here on earth wondering, God, what are you doing with my life? And why isn't things turning out as expected? So I want to ask you, and we've talked about this before, what is fruit? What is fruit? In a general sense, I believe fruit is bringing others to Christ. That is part of our fruit. That is part of our calling is help leading people to the Lord. But there is no reason to restrict Jesus' meaning of fruit to only winning souls. That's not it. That's not all of it. I believe that the words fruit... And the words good works have been used interchangeably in Scripture. Titus chapter 3 verse 14. And let our people also learn to maintain good works. Everybody say good works. To meet urgent needs that they may not be unfruitful. Not having good works equates to being unfruitful. Now, it says in Scripture that faith without works is dead. Our faith should produce fruit. Where does faith come from? Hearing what? It comes from the vine. If you're connected to the vine, that connection should produce good works. That's part of your fruit. Amen. That is good. Thank you. And I believe that fruit symbolizes the best result or the sweetest prize in life. Look at Psalm chapter 1. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. Prosper. Who? Say me. This word's for you. You shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf does not wither, and whatever you do shall prosper. What's the key? That we be planted by the rivers of water. That we be planted. That we be in the vine. That's my calling. That's my promise. That's your promise. That if I will connect to the vine, what I do shall prosper. Man, that's good. In practical terms, Fruit represents good works, a thought, an attitude, an action of ours that God values because it glorifies Him. Also your crop, your produce. Do you know that when you excel at work, when you are connected to the vine, you bring glory to God? When you work hard and have a produce from your hard work, when you're connected to the vine, God is glorified by that. When you do something simple for someone, out of being connected to the vine, you're loving on someone, you're raking a widow's leaves, you're helping somebody that's hurting, you know who's glorified? God. God is glorified. Look what it says in John 15:8. We've already looked at it. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit. I love that. I love that God has has a reason for me to bear fruit. There's a reason on God's side for me to bear fruit. Can anybody grasp that? It's so that he'll be glorified. My father is glorified that I bear much fruit. In, in my mind, I grasp that that means God wants me to bear fruit. And I want to bear fruit. So, what's happened? I've gotten disconnected. There is not that much thinking that has to go into this. If there was, I couldn't do it. Does anybody feel like that? If God made this too complicated, I'd fail. Well, he's made it just complicated enough, and he's made it just easy enough that I won't fail. It's not complicated. It's been made easy for me. It's been made easy for you. You bear inner fruit when you allow God to nurture you in a new way, in a Christ-like quality. Galatians chapter 5, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And does that sound like any of you, or does it sound like the opposite of you? Connection. You bear outward fruit when you allow God to work through you to bring him glory. That, that would certainly include sharing your faith. And the apostles saw every arena of life as an opportunity to bear fruit. Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8 Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 9 verse 8 says and God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things at all times having all that you need you will abound in every good work. Church, this is your word. But you have to connect. The key is the connection. So how important and valuable is fruit bearing? And I'll close with this. How important and valuable is you bearing fruit? Jesus says here again in John chapter 15. Remember, this is his last message, right? The next morning he's going to be on the cross. I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit. He chose you so that you would go and bear fruit. He chose you to bear fruit. Fruit is our permanent deposit in heaven. And real fruit always lasts. And it's one of the main earthly reasons that you were saved. Paul told the Christians in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 that they were created in Christ Jesus for good works. You were created to bear fruit, and for the vineyard to really respond, the branches have to respond to what the vine dresser does. We have to respond to the intentions of the vine dresser. But as we see starting next week, all branches don't respond alike. In fact, every branch in the vineyard is unique. And when the harvest arrives, it will have produced a different size crop. If you are created to go and bear fruit, then the fruit you produce is very important. And you'll see next week that the amount that you produce is also very important. But the key to you producing is connection. So what do we connect to? Do you know that it says in John chapter 1 that Jesus, we've just read in John 15 that Jesus is the vine. But in John chapter 1, it says that Jesus is the Word. So even though we're just getting started, you may say, okay, pastor, I'm in. I'm ready to buy in. Okay. Buy into the Word. Start with the Word. Do I sound like a broken record week after week after week? Yes. You must connect to the vine. How do you connect to the vine? Get in the Word. Get the right attitude. Get your heart right and get in there. Start 10 minutes. Start 15 minutes. Start 20 minutes a day. If you're willing to give more, give more. But start. You can't keep from producing fruit when you connect to the vine you can't keep from it you can't produce fruit anybody see that of course you did Pete I just sprayed everybody I think you're far enough you can't produce fruit if you're not connected you can't in fact you're going to produce bad fruit can a good tree produce bad fruit no can a bad tree produce good fruit no Will you make a commitment? Start simple. Jesus made this simple. Start simple. Church, if, you've, if you are connected, you are in the Word. Can you grow more? Yes. Those of you that have bought in and are really walking with the Lord, I know you know you can go farther. What's so awesome about our walk with Christ is we realize how big God is and how little we are. The more I seek after the Lord, the more I realize how much I need Him. It's funny how that works. When I get disconnected, I start thinking I don't. When I get disconnected, I start thinking I don't need God. When I get connected, I realize how much more I need. Who needs more? I need more. Father, in Jesus' name, we need more. And Lord, for those that are struggling right now to even recognize what I'm saying, Lord, I just ask for the revelation of more. You are a God of more than enough. You are the God of exceedingly abundantly more than we could even think or ask. Lord, I ask for the revelation of your word. I ask for the revelation of more. I want you to know, church bodies, you bow your heads and just pray with me just a minute. There is more for you. There is more for you. There is more for you. What are you struggling with? Have you made that first time decision for Christ? Today is the day. Do it. Quit waiting. Today is the day. Are you battling in your health? Are you battling in your finances? I want you to know that Christ is enough. Our connections have gotten off a little bit. Father, in Jesus' name, as we connect, I just ask you, Lord, to be our provider. Meet our needs. There are those here that are, are desperate for tomorrow, for what's going to happen tomorrow. Lord, let us deal with today. Let us get our heart right today. Let us turn our hearts back to you. Would you rededicate your life? Would you turn your heart back to the Lord? Just ask you right now, y'all stand with me and let's just sing. And I just encourage you, give your heart. Give your heart back to Him. Those that are praying with me, come on up. We just open up this altar for more. The Lord wants to give you more.